Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. It is Masters Week, baby. <laughs> if you can't tell how fired up I am, yeah. like I mean, you don't have to look very further than the alpha. Yeah, you've taken, you've taken, taken it to the yeah. next level. Yeah, I think I'm fully like I'm, I'm immersed, like on yeah. the border of mock or your borderline mocking. Whoa, the, yeah, no, 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 bro. Okay. You have a sweater vest, a newsboy cap. It's wool. It's a hundred degrees. Hold on outside. a second. This is not out of mockery yeah. by any means. <laughs> this What's deference? This, this is, is respect. Okay. This is the ultimate sign of respect. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit annoyed this morning because everybody's saying, hey, Bagger Vance. This is not Bagger Vance. This is not a shout out to the movie. This is Bobby, Bobby Jones. Jones. Yes. yes. The guy who started the Masters tournament. Uh, you know, his house is right down the street from the course. Right. This is an ode to Bobby it's a good Jones. Good look, dude, especially when you came in and you had the 11s. Yep. Um, now, see, I tweeted out a picture last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, should I wear these to the Masters? Because I'm going, I'm going to be a patron, I'm going to be walking through the crowd. But then I was like, that's kind of like bringing your baseball glove to the to baseball the game. game. Yeah. yeah, like you're, yeah. if there's a certain age you, you limit, that's yeah, like 11 or under, yep. I definitely don't fall in there. But there was nothing that said I couldn't wear them to work. True that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, not for nothing, I didn't even know they were golf shoes when you were first walking around. I thought they were just a pair of low-top 11s. So that's you why might I, be able to get away with that. That's why I was kind of thinking about yeah. wearing them. But I think I, it's supposed to rain. I don't want any mud on them. Get them, don't get those <laughs> right? dirty. I thought we were coming here talking about Mitch Haniger, thirty-one game hit streak for the for the. <laughs> oh, look at like, you! I, I really I thought Seattle's the hottest team in baseball. We're in here talking about Levins and, and the Masters. What are we maybe, doing? Maybe we're gonna get to that in a All little right, bit. My, All right, we'll right. get to that in a little bit. We got a ton of stuff to get to today on Canel and Bell. Thanks for checking us out. Um, we got NBA playoffs. They're yeah. set now, so we're gonna break into some of those matchups that we're gonna see. Your preseason MVP. You were so close to nailing it. Mm-hmm. He had forty points. We'll tell you that uh, one later. Yes. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, what's going on with his, uh, his stock? We're going to dive into that as well. Uh, but we have a ton of masters that we want to get to because we're both passionate about golf. We both love playing the game. Sure. The masters is underway. You can catch featured groups. Amen corner holes 15 and 16 on cbsports.com slash masters live. We're both going to be dialed into there most of the day. Just it's where yeah. you post up on the couch and you just start watching. Correct. And just and full disclosure. If you're watching right now and either Danny or I are looking up in this direction. Yeah. That's because we're that's watching. Our, <laughs> yeah. That our is feed. our feed of. <laughs> CBSSports.com slash Masters Live, which we'll be watching throughout the show. The feature groups, 958, just teed off Sergio Garcia, Tony Finau, and Henrik Stenson. We're going to actually uh, have some highlights. It's going to be a fun a group. Bit. Yeah, that, the, all the feature groups are exactly who you would want to watch. 1104, of course, you got Tiger with mm-hmm. Tung Lee and John Rahm. It's an awesome group. Yep. Off at 11:04 at 1:38, you got Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Jason Day. And then at 2 p.m., you got Jordan Spieth, Paul Casey, and Brooks Kepka. I yeah. mean, these. This is the thing I love about the Masters. You know, we're saying only 87 guys, and then there's like 20 of them that are former winners who are kind of like old, uh, washed up, and you just kind of like right, they're there. Right. So really, the competitive field is only about 60 guys that can legitimately play. Really but good and there's like amateurs that get invites, so you just keep narrowing it down. Which is why almost every group that you tune in to watch is going to have somebody in it that you're going to be interested in seeing yeah, how they're that, doing. That's really cool. Now you get an open invitation. If you win it, is there any expiration date on that or you can play? Life. That's like that's why they got all these dudes. Like you get that green jacket. Yeah. It is yours. You get to play there anytime you want. Awesome. You get to go like, it's just, it's the ultimate, ultimate 
like uh, exclusive, exclusive club, club yeah. in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Like the Hall of Fame's great, but there are fewer Masters champions Fantastic. with the green jacket. Uh, let's take a look at the leaderboard and see if anybody's going low. I do have a bet this morning. By the way, I have a lot of bets. Not that I have a problem, but I have a lot of bets spread throughout. Uh, Kevin Tway is leading right now at two under par through four. Justin Harding. This kind of fits the bill for what happens at the at the Masters. Like Justin Harding, Takumi Kanaya. Yeah. Uh, some of these guys are probably like who. A lot of times, that is who's typically leading after the first round. For whatever reason, it just seems to bear out that way. And then they disappear after the first two days and like never hear from them again. Usually, Masters, the course itself, comes up and rears its ugly head and bites. Is it. there going to be anybody like Fred Couples is up there early because he's one under. Is there going to be any name like that uh, this year that's hanging around later than you would think? Somebody uh, with a little bit of a little long in the tooth. Yeah, that's, that's I, hanging around. Oh, I think late so. Saturday. Fred, Fred Couples always plays Augusta well, and it's funny because. Tiger Woods caddy, mm-hmm. Joe LaCava, used to be on Fred Couples' back. Okay. And so I got to do a little shoot we did for, for, um, with him through CBS Sports HQ. And I was asking about Fred and I was like, cause he always plays really well the first couple of days. I think he was two under already today. And I'm like, do you think he could ever put it all together and maybe get one last swing for glory? You know, right. like him, Jack Nicholas, when he was 46 came back. Right. Well, Freddie's older than that, but could it ever happen? He's like, he can get it going, but four rounds with his back and his health issues is a lot to ask. Right. So he always usually plays pretty well there. And then kinda it just falls kinda, apart. Yeah, because yeah. it sets up to his body. Some of the things to watch out for on my little uh, setup here. Uh-huh. I got a lot of stuff. Louis, Louis Ustazen. I have a, a, a man-to-man matchup just between him and Mark Leishman. I took Louis Ustazen in that one. I got uh, Sergio Garcia. I took him over Tony Finau, which I don't – I really like Tony Finau. Uh, I like him better in the tournament, but Sergio's, now that he's won there a couple years ago, he's got the green jacket. There's something about once you win, it kind of relieves all this pressure on you. Okay. So I'm expecting him maybe to go lower there. Uh, I took some long shots. Do you want to know who they are? Uh, yeah, go ahead. So I took Siwoo Kim. Okay. Uh, he's a guy who's actually played pretty well, uh, as of late. To potentially win? To potentially win. Well, what, now he's a get long shot. So I'll give you my long shots. I got Xander Shoffley. Yeah, I like Xander. That's a good name. 40 to 1. All right. I, I got Bubba Watson, 40 to 1. Here's my, maybe my favorite bet of the tournament. Bernard Longer. Old, you know, I don't want us to call him old. He's older. Yeah. He's I dominated the champion. At, at Adios. Like he's out there all the all time. All the time. Yeah. He, he is the Tiger Woods in his prime of the Champions Tour. He's won at Augusta. He's an outstanding putter, outstanding short game. Mm-hmm. So I have him at 40 to 1 to finish top 10. Oh. So that's pretty good odds. He doesn't have to win it. But I, I just asked you about an older name like that that could be around. That's why I'm giving them to. I had to go through my list here. I had All to go right. give you my guys. So those are some of them. Uh, they're totally just a, a shot in the yeah, dark. You, like you guys, you're, you have to get lucky. But last year I got lucky with Patrick Reed. How many so that's total what I'm hoping bets for did you put on the match? Well, I was not 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 in in terms of monetarily how much you have on it. How right, many right. total bets do you have out there? Today? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot. I'm yeah. trying to count them up. There's at least 20 different wagers that are going on right here. So what what I'll do, this is my gambling philosophy. Uh-huh. I had a really good NCAA tournament, so I had won some money. And then I'm like, it's house money. It's house so money. then I just spread it all over the next big sporting event. Go. All I need is a couple of these babies to hit, and then we're going to Sizzla. <laughs> we're going out. We're going Sizzla. <laughs> yes. Um, right. When you look at some of the specific storylines uh, throughout the tournament, Dustin Johnson is a guy that creeps up who only has one career major victory. He's been as dominant as it gets, though, in the regular tour events. He's kind of the opposite of Brooks Kepka, who doesn't have a lot of regular tour events, but he balls out when it's time to go in the majors, majors. Uh, with already three under his belt. Dustin, I think, needs it when you look at, 
you know, financially he doesn't have any issues whatsoever. Right. He's obviously, uh, he's been number one before in the world. But I think when you start thinking of legacy, this is his ninth Masters tournament. I think it, it's not it's not so much that he has to win. I think he's got to win more majors. But it does feel like if you're that good, you should deliver on the bigger stages. But I don't think it's at any point time to panic at all with Dustin Johnson or say, oh, well, he's not clutch or whatever term you want to no. use. It's hard to win. It's hard to win majors. Absolutely. I, I would say that if you want to separate yourself and put you, put yourself in another class – um, all from, time. Yes, all time. Like from his peers, from 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 the the, the Jordan Spieth and the you know these these younger guys, Justin, Justin. Yeah, all of these guys. If you want to consider yourself a cut above, then yeah, you're gonna have to start putting together a couple more master. I'm not masters wins, but but um, yeah, know, major majors, wins. Major. Um, but in terms of his legacy, I I I, I think you know it, he's an awesome golfer. Uh, in a day and age where there are a lot of young gun awesome golfers, uh, and he's at the top of that, right? So. Uh, he'll always be remembered for that. But if you want to be in another breath, in another conversation uh, all time, then, yeah, you're going to have to start winning some more majors. Which, because of his his ability, he's probably the most physically gifted golfer. He's a freak. He, he can do a 360 yeah, windmill. Like, he can dunk. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's an incredible athlete. But you've got to look at other guys. Like, Justin Thomas is only 25. He's already got one major. Mm-hmm. And he's the same as uh, Dustin like sneaky getting old he's what 34 is he? is he really yeah, that's oh, so he's old yeah he's yeah old so now. like that's where right. it kind of sneaks up on you're like oh he's really that old now he's got plenty of time to mm-hmm. catch up to some of these guys but when you start looking at him versus uh jordan spieth or rory mcelroy who have you know multiple majors then you're like oh, okay now now you see why there's a little bit more pressure on him to win speaking of jordan spieth um he's a guy who just needs to get out of a little bit of a funk that he's been in but i think the recipe that he could use is the Masters because it's a place where he's had success. He's won there. His lowest finish was 11th. He's played in it five times. The lowest he's finished is 11th. And so you wonder if it's one of those things. You know as a basketball player, yeah. you get in certain arenas. You love them. You th- whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. the bounce of the ball. It's the, the backdrop. Whatever it is, you just see the ball going in all the time. For whatever reason, when Jordan Spieth tees it up in Augusta, it feels good. Yeah, look at, I mean, the numbers, top five finishes, he's had four of them. Uh, his lowest finish was tied for 11th, which was in 2017. Last year, he was third, uh, two tied for seconds and a win. Like, yeah. that's about as good a resume you could have at one course of anybody. The resume is great, but he's also kind of crumbled at Augusta too, right? He's had a meltdown there also. So that'll be interesting to watch, to see, you know, just mentally how he's made up. Cause you, you know, you might take away from that. I played fantastic here. I've had these great finishes. You all, you might also take away from him. You know, one of the last couple of times I was here, I had a complete meltdown, and right. you're, you're dwelling on the negative. So that'll right, be I think he did two balls in the water on 15, I think it was, and it was, it was one of those ones where we were talking about Chris Davis, the baseball player. Like yeah. it's all, it was all mental on him. You could, t- and it's very rare. You know, a lot of sports you can hide. Mm-hmm. You know, you like if you're even if you're a quarterback, you can hand it off some. You know, you might be able to just. Sure. But as a golfer, you are all by yourself on an island, and oh once it starts coming off the rails. You're, it's going to get exposed even worse. So then it starts to really snowball, and that's what happened to him that time. You're referencing when he did fall apart. I actually hope for Jordan Spieth um, that he can find some success here at the Masters. I don't think he has to win it. Uh, but, you know, when he came out and, and took the world by storm was the youngest. He was the youngest to ever win the Masters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the second youngest uh, at 21. Like, you thought that his trajectory was just going to be, bam, top to the top of the food chain, and and this was the new young gun that was was going to be pretty untouchable and hadn't really worked out like that for Jordan. You know, he played well, and, and then it, now he's had his difficulties. I actually hope 
that he can resurrect some of those some of those uh years past. Yeah, and 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 really come back to form because I don't think he's that far off. Right. You know, the, golf is one of those funny sports where you don't have to be that far from it. You're just missing something, and all of a sudden you're like. There, there it is. Like I, I, I found it. Now I'm back on. I'm, I'm back in my plane, and I'm, I'm hitting the ball the way I want to hit it again. So, I hope he finds it. 2016 had a five shot lead, and he was in the second nine. That was hard to watch. Second nine. No, that was hard to watch. The second nine. Sure. Yes, second, second nine. Definitely. <laughs> uh, and he blew that lead. The Patriots' very, faces out yeah, there. Do you remember yeah, that when they were panning, It was like oh yeah. And then when he hit it in the first cut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to see that when it happens. Um, but it was similar to the Greg Norman collapse. Mm. When he lost his match. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I was diehard. This was probably in the 90s mm-hmm. or, or late 80s, early 90s. And he had a similar type lead and absolutely cratered. And it was people talked about Jordan Spieth like, oh, this is the biggest collapse since Greg Norman. Mm-hmm. Except Greg Norman never came, like never recovered from yes, that. Maybe in his entire golf career. Jordan obviously has. He's right. had other wins. He's had, he's been able to come back from it. Cause I think in large part because the way he handled it. Roy McElroy is the favorite, uh, according to Las Vegas. I wouldn't touch him. I think he's got a chance, mm-hmm. but he's the nine to one favorite, uh, pick to win the tournament. I wouldn't touch that because of those odds. It's just a tournament where anybody can win. I don't think there's value with Rory. If you, you know, if you want to find something else, look for a matchup with him versus something else, right. somebody else. That's I just, like, that's like taking Duke or the field in the NCAA. Exactly. Exactly. The there's field. too many guys that can get hot. There's too many things that could happen. It does seem like one of those years where he's got things going. Uh, he's been dominant as of late. He's seven top ten finishes in his uh, last eight PGA Tour events. When you talk about playing as good as it gets, it's just, again, can you put it all together at exactly the right time? And that's what you have to do in Augusta. Rory's interesting to me because when he hit the scene, I felt like I kind of had to pick between him and Tiger. And, I, well, I, even I, more, he felt like he was the next Tiger, and he was and, that good. And maybe that's why I felt like that. Now I don't have and, – and for that reason, I had a little resentment towards Rory because I'm a Tiger guy. And I don't feel like that anymore maybe because they've got this good relationship and, and you can see it. And, and But I, I, am I wrong for feeling like this? When every golfer out there is on their A game and is, as, is as hot as they can be, yep. I don't know that there's anybody out there that can beat Rory. No, I'm with you. I think when he's on – Justin Thomas, maybe – because I, I think just I like the way Justin Thomas plays, even though he's a Bama guy, right? <laughs> um, because he just can't. He, but I feel like he he's got a swag to him, like a confidence. Right. Of when I'm hitting it, nobody can beat me. And I think Rory has that ability. I don't know if he has that mindset. That's always been kind of a knock of him. That right. Raiders in the back, you know, like if he had to go toe to toe with Tiger, would he be able to handle that sort of pressure? Yeah. I don't know that about him. Like that's why I feel like Justin Thomas relishes that environment. Some guys don't like. Oh, that. you just saw it at the match play. Yeah. I mean he. He 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 fell apart, knocked that thing over the, out of the bunker, over the green, into the exactly. You know, that's, that's, exactly. So I mean, that, that's the type of moment I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Now that now if he's if he has a like Tiger, you know the biggest knock against Tiger was he always held the lead and just maintained the lead, never came from behind. Maybe Rory is playing so good he gets a comfortable so, lead and doesn't nobody sniff. Let's him. take let's take pressure and circumstances out of the equation, and you're talking about purely pin seeking golf shots. Um, there's no pressure, none of that's going to factor in. You still take JT over Rory? Pure talent. Um, I think it's really, really close. Yeah. I think it's probably a really slim margin. The way Rory's playing right now, I would take Rory. I got you. You know, but the intangibles, I kind of like Justin. Yeah, I got you. There. All right, let's switch it over to some basketball because we did on some on D uh, Wade's career ending in Miami last night. It ended in the entire NBA. It was his last game. It was on the road in Brooklyn. It was cool, right? I mean, is that we're supposed to say? Like, it was cool. It was a tribute. It I feel like awesome. he got a lot of D-Way the last 48 hours. But it's all – like, he's had a tremendous career. Am I the only one? Yes. 
who can't you think I am? Yeah, like when LeBron is there, Carmelo Anthony's there, CP3 are there, so it's the banana boat crew. Right. And they're all there, which I don't have a huge problem with, but I do have a problem. They're all like on the court, running around like they're in the game. There's a little issue. It looks summer league-ish. Yes. Those, those guys shouldn't be, they shouldn't have that much access to the court in an NBA game. I mean, I know everyone there knows them, but you know, they got to kind of play their role. I actually like the camaraderie. I like them sending their, their buddy out on a note like that. I thought it was fantastic that he was going to triple double. I thought summoning a 30 point for him and Dirk both showed a, a championship, uh, heart. Uh, summoning a triple double and he said he wanted to do it. Chris Paul was telling him not to pass the ball anymore and there's audio of D Wade saying, I just want to get a triple double tonight. I'm trying to get a triple double tonight. That is not an easy thing to do in an NBA game. I don't think I had right, any double call, doubles. Call me a hater. Right. I don't hater. think it's that hard when the other team is maybe allowing you to do that as a Stop tribute it. to you. You think the they last, let him? All, but I don't know. The Nets had a 20 point lead most of the game so they're pretty comfortable and they're the, I'm telling you, the one that he, uh, that he got you think the, the Jazz let Kobe get 60 that night? No, but this is different. I think they probably let him get 40, and they're like, holy crap, he's like, going to do this. Yes. No, <laughs> but the last assist that he had to Udonis Haslam, mm -hmm. I mean, if there doesn't feel scripted to you, because UD's been his guy, he's been the you know, longest tenured Heat guy, it just felt like if you watched him drive the Was that on the jumper? It out. No, it was the assist. That was his the, last the, assist. No, but was the yeah, assist it was like on a, top a UD of the jumper? Key. Yes. And How do you UD script that? UD's got to make the jumper. But he's an NBA player. Nobody was on him. UD no one's played out. seven years. <laughs> I know, but that's my point. UD was wide, whatever, open. They blew he a defensive assignment, man. No, no, or no, did no. they? You know, I, don't I, thought, have, I don't even have a problem with it if they did. You know, like if they, like, hey, the game was pretty much irrelevant. Didn't really matter. It was already in control. So they let him yeah, have his trip. It had no playoff uh, implications. I sound like such a D-Wade hater. A little bit. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know who I, you know what kind of overshadowed it just for me, uh, not, not really in the media or anything like that, but just personally was how bad I felt for Mello. Yeah. And I did. I felt bad for Mello. You had, you had everyone there. Um, D Wade is getting this magical send off. And, you know, I'm not saying that Carmelo is the same player that D Wade is or as, as accomplished as D Wade. Clearly, you know, the resume kind of speaks for itself, but Carmelo was a really, really, really good player in the NBA. One of the best pure ISO scores maybe to ever play the game. Um, and I think he deserves some kind of send off and for him to kind of be, yeah, he know, was, I don't know. It's almost like he's been blackballed to some right, degree. He can't you, even, you know, it's tough because you know, LeBron will get that eventually. Absolutely. Wherever Chris, he is, Chris, Chris Paul's Paul going to get it. Get Those guys are still active. Wade's getting his and it's like, where is Carmelo going to get his? Like, and do, do you think it'd be worth him to sign some 10 day contract? So we get some farewell from the Knicks. You know, I think what would be cool is if it happened next year and the Knicks all of a sudden got good. Because yeah. then it would be cool. And I'm not even saying he plays, but they should show him some sort of love and have some sort of tribute. There will be a Well, is it the Knicks? Somewhere. Is it Denver? I don't know. Whichever. It's got to be the Knicks, doesn't it? I mean, that's I don't know. the majority of his career. But it, was it? I don't see. I don't know. I mean, he was in Denver. and yeah, right. I don't know. But the so, Maybe both. I mean, these guys got send-offs in every single town that they were in, regardless if they played with the franchise. Yeah, Maybe both I just teams. felt bad for Melo. I don't know. Um, if you're a ticket guy, you should absolutely be planning this right now. If you're in Denver right, or the Knicks, right, right, we're right, going right. to do a Carmelo night. Like, it'd be Correct. crazy not to. Correct. Uh, so definitely was pretty cool to that to see. Everybody was playing their tributes. Even D'Angelo Russell got in about it, talked about the respect. He's had your thoughts. The man went out with a triple-double. Don't let that go unnoticed. He had a triple-double. He is a guy that paved the way for a lot of us. He's been at that franchise for a long time. He's Mr. Miami. After Dan Marino. Uh, he didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Kinnell and Bell. So off the top of the show, I mentioned that your MVP. Uh, uh, not rookie MVP, of the year, ROI. Of the Roy, year, Roy. Roy, your Roy was one Grayson Allen. Kind of disappeared for a while, but he's back. Are you, it, it were you... Problem. You weren't, well, so for a while it was kind of a laughable pick. I'm not going to yes, lie. Yes. Uh, but last night the season finale dropped 40 with seven boards and four assists. 40 What's up for my man Grayson? He is going to be a good NBA player. Now I know to pick. Uh, yeah, obviously it was a bad pick for rookie of the year, and I kind of did it a little bit as a joke, right? He spent a lot of time in the G League this year. The Jazz are a very good team. He was one of those. Uh, late enough picks where you're blessed enough to go to a good team that's already in playoff contention, so there weren't a lot of minutes there for him. But he's going to be a really good pro. We were talking about him the other day. He does a little bit of everything. He plays cerebral. Um, he's 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 really athletic for his size. He can play with the ball in his hands, can facilitate out of pick and roll, and can shoot it. There's no surprise there. He got a forty. Is this? A game that can kind of, like we were just joking about Tony Finau's putt on the first hole, where it can give, like, show him. And I'm not that I'm saying he's doubting his confidence, but when you drop 40 in an NBA no. regular season game, it can be one of those ones that says, hey, I can do this. I wouldn't know because I never dropped 40 <laughs> in a regular season NBA game or playoff game. <laughs> right? But what I imagine this would look like for Grayson is he's going to go back on the shelf for the playoffs. Right. The, J- the Jazz are going to be in a heated battle, and they've got vets. But, man, your confidence is going to be soaring going into summer league. I imagine they'll have him play Summer League again, and he should dominate, absolutely decimate the competition in Summer League after his year in the G League and then having that success, you know, on the big stage with, with, with the NBA club. And then he rolls into next preseason and he's challenging whoever is in Utah for real minutes on a real team, you know, and that's, that's the trajectory that you would expect for a player like for Grayson at this point. Awesome. But it's gotta, it's gotta be a great feeling for him too. I mean, I always remembered wanting whatever season I was in, if it was college football, mm-hmm. uh, if it was college baseball, if it was in the NFL, no matter how the last game went, I wanted it to go pretty well. Yeah. Because you're going to have to live with that and yeah. sleep on That's that all way. off season. Like if it, if it goes well, it just makes life so much better. If it's bad, yeah. it's like you got to wait another six months to, you know, put on the pads or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes things life a lot easier and more enjoyable if you have a game like that. So hopefully Grayson Allen gets to enjoy that. All right. The Western Conference, uh, let's take a look at the Western Conference opening matchups. Everything's set now. The regular season is officially over. Warriors are facing the Clippers, the eight seed. The Nuggets are facing the Spurs, who are the seventh seed. Uh, the third-seeded Blazers are taking on the Thunder. And the Rockets uh, fill it out. They're the fourth seed yeah. on the Jazz. you got some really compelling uh, matchups in the Western Conference. Any of these jump out to you? Yep. Uh, Blazers, Thunder as a 3-6. I know that was really fluid down to the last. I have the Thunder winning that. Um, and there are a few, a few things to stick. I actually think Clippers Warriors could be fun. I don't, I don't, the Clips aren't going to beat the Warriors, but I think it could be more fun than people think. And for Golden State, a little bit more of a headache than they would hope for. Um, Rockets, Jazz, that's going to be a good one too. I told you the Jazz are for real. That's a tough draw for anybody in the playoffs. Uh, what kind of stuck out, stuck out to me was if you were, um, let's say the Rockets, you would have hoped to not draw the four. So you, in theory, don't have to see the Warriors in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. And then if you're the Thunder, you're actually pretty excited if you can get through the Blazers because 
you have a relatively easy path. If it's between the Warriors and the Nuggets to get to the Western Conference Finals, I would rather have to play the Nuggets than the Warriors. So they drew a good card there by getting the sixth seed. You know who else doesn't want to see the Rockets face the Warriors? The NBA. Right. Or TNT or whoever's airing, the, you know, whatever uh, network is airing those. Uh, last year was probably the most compelling series in the playoffs. And if you get that that early, it just kind of, it's like, all right, if the Warriors get through them, then they're really going to coast. It just, I don't know. It's like one of those ones yeah. where you wish for the best matchup and it seems like it's going to happen too early. All right, let's flip I, it over to the, oh, go ahead. I did, my bad. Um, I do think again, the Thunder, if the Thunder are playing well, um, I heard a lot of people pick the Warriors, I mean, the Rockets to maybe knock off the Warriors, but if the Thunder are playing well and they can get through the Nuggets, I think that could be an intriguing matchup in the Western Conference Finals, whoever they pull, whether it's they just beat Houston the other night. Um, I think they, they could go toe-to-toe with the Warriors, although the Warriors have a little bit of an advantage, but I've always said they could beat them. Um, do you do you have any problem? And this, I heard this conversation all morning about the reseeding. Or just seed it wide open, forget about the conferences so that you wind up – you know, having maybe the Rockets and the Warriors in in the actual NBA Finals is that? A, are you no I mean, traditionalist? You're I, cool with it. I am a traditionalist. I, I like too. it the way it is. I, yeah, I would too. I, I like it because I mean, I know there's been a lot of conversation about that. The reseeding. I would say it's it's fluid. It fluctuates. There's mm-hmm. going to be sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. Right. You know, just let it kind of play out. Gotcha. Uh, if that happens, let's switch it over to the Eastern Conference where you've got the lineup set. Uh, you got the number one seeded Bucks. First time they've been in that spot since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on that franchise. They're going to face off against the Pistons, the Raptors, the two seed against the Magic, mm-hmm. Sixers against the Nets, which I you hit on yesterday could be an intriguing series yeah. because of the Nets' youth. Uh, Celtics are uh, the four seed playing the Pacers. Another interesting nugget to look at that Sixers-Nets series is that Joel Embiid could possibly miss the start of that series. Which, yeah, you know, talk about you know one of the most important uh, figures on that team. They could have their hands full. That's huge. That's huge. And the Nets, I'm, I'm going to get laughed at. I got it. There's just something about a, a young uh, house money type of team. You just talked about house money and how you felt like you could just throw it all over the Masters and nobody cared because you had won it before. Right. That's essentially what they're out there doing. And if you're a three seed, the pressure's a little bit on you. If Joel Embiid isn't available, that's what you've run your offense through all year. Um, it, it could get a little dicey. I don't know that they're going to beat the Sixers. I'm not. I'm not. Re- I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying it could be more of a series than people want to want to give it credit for being. Celtics Pacers is interesting. I think the Bucks and the Raps are going to just. I, I think that's a wrap. If, mm-hmm. Forgive me for the. the I think it's oh, over man. there. Um, but Celtics Pacers could be interesting. Pacers are another one of those teams, right? You you just keep subtracting guys from the equation and they just keep doing what they're supposed to do. And Nate McMillan, I didn't say his name for coach of the year the other day. I probably should have because what he's doing there is pretty magical. I actually think though that the Marcus Smart subtraction is going to help the Celtics. Really? Yeah, I think not because you're not going to miss what he does, but it takes one of the mouths that you kind of have to feed off the court. And they'll lose a little bit in the grit, and he's kind of a little bit of a backbone guy. But I think they'll be better offensively because guys will have more minutes, more flow, less of of a worry for Brad Stevens to have to to get everybody in the game and and in you know and and flow in the offense. Early in the season, uh, the Celtics had a ton of drama, and then it feels like they've just been ignored. Yeah. Is there a chance we're still yes. sleeping on them? I think so too, because they still have the same talent. It's there. I think the fact that they've kind of been off the radar is a good thing for them. You know, there's not, a, there's just not a lot of eyeballs. People haven't been paying attention. So it could be one of those stress-free types. It's been of radio silence since, since what? It's been what? A, a month and a half At now, least. maybe? Yeah. Um, and we were, I don't know when, I don't know when we were talking about it, but they are as dangerous. They're as dangerous as anybody in the NBA when playing 
well and firing on all cylinders. The question is just whether they can find that going into the playoffs or not. Uh, there was something interesting that went down when Anthony Davis arrived for uh, the last game with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a shirt. And uh, on the way to say, everybody takes pictures, right? Sure. You got all the league fits, all the stuff. They want to see yeah. what they're wearing. He comes in in his outfit, and he's wearing a T-shirt. and says, that's all, folks. Uh-huh. A lot of people <laughs> said, hey, uh-oh. Hey, exactly. Hey, that, that, that's a sign for him. He's saying, peace out to the organization. Here's what he had to say and why he was wearing that shirt. So, AD, just to make sure, so you don't choose what you wear every night. Somebody lays out your clothes. Somebody and you lay, you, whatever night. they lay down, you wear. Every <laughs> night. Every night, Big Shot lays out what I'm going to wear in the game. I have no control in that. I just put it on. Ah, uh, now wait. A lie. <laughs> no, that is, is a lie. A blatant lie. A lie. Here's the thing. I believe them. Most of these dudes, especially the top tier players, they're gonna have a stylist. stylist it's gonna sure. wear. You think you don't have enough freedom to say I can't wear that? That sends way too much of a blatant message. We need to change that. Correct. He knew exactly what he was gonna Correct. do. Correct. Or, you know, there. Even if you have a stylist, you might say, "Hey, I want this. I want. I want some kind of. I want this kind of look tonight." Yeah. You know, more so than having to tell her, "Nah, I don't want to wear that," or him, "Nah, I don't want to wear that." They might consult with you. Hey, what are you looking for tonight? Right. You might be given the directive. Hey, put me in something <laughs> that looks like X, Y, and Z, and then they, you know, cultivate the outfit for you. Right. But when the guys stop dressing themselves, right? Well, no, I mean, it's, you do stylists. I. If you gotta go to SB's right. or to Oscars, a big or night. You're going to the Met Gala or whatever. Yeah, fine. But you need a stylist to dress you before a damn uh, a, a regular season game? You know when I think they got it? When the money started getting so big. There's a term you can use for the type of money you have when you can just throw it away and it's kind of a message to people. Right. When you have that type of money, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that F, that, yeah, yeah, that, that type F of money, money. Yes, that type of money, that's when you hire a stylist because you can. Bro. You can have a stylist for every single game. That's what well, you I do. I need to apply for a stylist when, job then. When, hey, listen, I take it. I you take all kinds of jobs. for what, five, six years? How yeah, long prob- have you been probably out? six. How five, many six? dudes did you play with that had a stylist that any? I can remember? Any? None. Like I'm guessing Steve Nash didn't have a stylist. <laughs> Alan Iverson didn't have a stylist. No. Anybody? Anybody else? That you- I cannot remember playing with like, that a stylist because that's the same way I was. Now there were guys that you might have a suit guy, you might have a stylist, somebody that would hook you up for the bigger event. Sure. But the daily grind? No, no one did that. Right, that's ridiculous. It is. It is. Well, I mean, I, 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 I think you, Danny, who dressed you today? No, this was all my own doing. Now I did run it by my wife. I said, "Do I look like a total clown or just okay. a little bit of a clown?" She's just and a she's little. Like, it's the Masters, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you can go look like a clown. Like if I was wearing this every day, then she would be like, "What are you doing?" Do you get like? You, I you, almost like, came in with the knickers, you know, oh, like at the yeah, bottom, you, no, like socks call. rolled up. Good call. Exactly. Are you wearing shoes right now? That's what we all want to know. Like, do you have nothing on your feet? Why does it matter right now? Well, I wanted to display. You are like bagger Vance there. right now. Didn't you tell them to play exactly. shoeless? Exactly. Um, you get better traction on your feet when you do that. You are, you are into style. Yes, correct. All right. Um, do you get the question? Hey, did your wife your wife dress you? All the time. You get that all the time, right? All does the time. That and I you? very rarely do. I'll I'll run stuff by my sure. wife. Sure. I mean, that's yeah. You know, but for the most part, it's my decision. Absolutely. But does it bother you when people ask? I find I find it a little insulting. I do too. But you know what? It's good for if I just, if somebody doesn't like it, I'm like, yeah, my wife picked it out. <laughs> I'll just throw her under the bus. Be like, no, that was her. But yeah, it absolutely would. Uh, so yeah, Anthony Davis, pick out your own damn clothes. I am a little bit bothered by what's going on with Dwayne Haskins because I feel bad for him. Right. He, I like him the most out of any quarterback in this class. Watching the film, produced 50 touchdowns, only eight, eight interceptions, had 70% completion rate, uh, you know, set Big Ten records, didn't make a lot of mistakes, you know, lit it up. Mm-hmm. I think he's the safer prototypical quarterback. I think he can play better within a system. Yeah, he's only played one year. He's pretty raw. But I think a team like the Giants selecting at six could be a potential perfect fit for him to learn behind Eli. 
Now there's these reports. And when I say reports, I kind of put quotations around that because this is the time of year when you can't listen to anything. You can't Absolutely. believe anything. But this is where I feel bad for Haskins himself. It's easy for us to hear speculate and say, well, he should just take it easy or he's going to be fine. For him, this is real-world stuff. He's he's wondering where he's going to live, where his career is going to start. Uh, is he going to be backing up somebody? Is he going to have a chance to start? All these types of things are going through his mind. I really, really hope he's able to insulate himself from all that because then you start reading stuff and then they're like, why is he slipping? Right. What is he doing wrong? Has his interviews not been that well? Because he ran over a five at the five, uh, you know, he ran a 501 at uh, 40 at the combine. Is that why he's falling? Then you start doubting yourself. And this is the time you should be enjoying the process. Sure. And then in the latest sign that potentially he's falling, which I think is stupid, he's not going to go to Nashville to actually be there for the draft. Maybe he just wants to be with his family and doesn't want to fly everybody there. Maybe, right. Like there, diff, People have different reasons for going to the draft. I actually kind of admire that he doesn't want all the hoopla and this, you know, like the, the fanfare and just like, hey, I'm just going to hang and watch it with my people. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I think that the whole process is different for, for, for everyone. Yep. And, you know, the, you, first of all, you can't believe a word you hear about who likes who surrounding any draft. Everyone yep. is lying and posturing and trying to get the best deal they can get if they're looking for one. It, it's an absolute poop show. So don't believe anything you hear. But if you're the if you're the prospect, enjoy your last few months of being a college athlete. Mm-hmm. That, that's some of those are the best time of your life. Um, and whatever situation you, you go into the NFL, it's going to be a dream come true for you. You're, you're either going to be a starting quarterback on a, on a, on a bad team, um, and that's that there, that has its value, and that's a dream, and 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 everything. Or you know, if you slip, and the benefit of slipping sometimes is you can go to a better organization. Yep. Um, you might not have the pressure of playing right away. You might get yourself a really really great mentor in terms of a starting quarterback that's already there who doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Um, and there's benefit to that too. But in either case scenario, you are now living a dream. I don't think anyone is speculating that Dwayne Haskins is not going to be um a professional NFL quarterback next year. No. Now, you know, you're you're like now the money is a thing. Um, but I would say don't don't to, to your point. Don't worry about any of that. Just let it go. Continue to grind. Continue to do whatever kind of draft prep you're doing. Um, do not be bought into what's going on in the media. Don't listen to any of that stuff. Surround yourself with family and friends on draft night. Enjoy it. It only happens once. Um, and then let the chips fall where they may. I really hope his decision isn't influenced by all the people speculating. Like if he wanted to be there and yeah. then he's changing his mind because he's hearing these reports and he's going to miss out on that opportunity. That would suck. That would suck. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope is not taking place. I hope he's doing this of his own volition saying, you know what? I don't, I just don't want to go. Right. It's a, I don't want to do all the interviews. I don't want to be there. I wouldn't have went. You know, but I, right. You wouldn't I, have gone. I mean, I wasn't if invited you were gonna, and I didn't get drafted. What but if you I, were going to be, what if they told you, we think you're going to be a top 10 pick? I don't think I would have gone. What if you were a lock to be the number one pick? That's different. Right. See, I think, I think, it, I think it's number one. That is different. Too. Yeah. Like Kyler Murray's going. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Bosa's going. Oh, I don't. Those guys are going to be taking top three. So I, there's some part that everybody remembers Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room, pulling him out of the green room. Hey, this is getting embarrassing. Let's get out of yep. here. And you don't want to be that guy. So I do think it, sometimes, you know, you don't want to subject yourself to that type of embarrassment. I, you know? I, yeah, there's something to be said for that. I've always been a guy who, if you gave me a choice to, to go out and, party with a bunch of strangers or be at the house and kick it with some of my best friends and Absolutely. best people, I'd hey, want to do family. that. So yeah. I'd, I'd want to share that moment if I could. But if you're the number one pick, then then it becomes like you almost owe the league. It's a terrible look for whatever league you're getting drafted into if the number one pick's not there. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, oh. for sure. 
All right, welcome back to Ken Allen Bell, finishing it off the show where Raja and I are in a race to get back to the couch to go watch mm-hmm. the game uh, or to go watch the Masters. Uh, hockey, full force last night. We Dude. talked to Pete Blackburn. What well, you can't believe it, right? No, Shocker. Listen, yeah, the shift changed. Yeah, it was unreal. I mean, the power plays. Yep. You're talking about one-timers. I mean, it was, <laughs> man, So we have no clue. What we're talking about. Although I think you did a pretty good job of trying to fool them. Although Pete Blackburn, who we had on yesterday, did, and we looked at some of the odds uh, out of Vegas. The Tampa Bay Bay Lightning were the heavy favorite to run away with it. It was like, is this thing even going to be competitive? Right. They get upset by the Blue Jackets last night, four to three. So I'm all for drama. And I will say this. I don't watch a lot of hockey. When it gets to be... Later in the playoffs, I'll watch a little bit more. Okay. And they, a lot of times they do go six and seven games in the series. Oh. And when I get a series, any sport, it's down to game six, game seven, like winner, you know, winner advances, loser goes home. I'll tune in and watch it because you get some electric atmosphere. So the lightning aren't out. No. It was only one game. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. No, they're still going to come back and they'll roll through the series. It's not tournament style. No, it's not one and done. It's a series. What are you talking about? (laughs) Exactly. One game. (laughs) Exactly. Happens all the time. That's not really a big deal. Yeah, they're fine. We're blowing it out of the wall. They're they're fine. Anybody, can you name anyone that plays for Columbus? Um, P.K. Subak? No. Van Beesbrook? (laughs) <laughs> no, he was on the yes. Panthers. PK, does PK Subban currently he's on the play? Preds, isn't he? Or the, isn't he on the Predators? Isn't he in Nashville? Maybe now, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to look it up because right. I don't want to sound like really bad, but I, although you, is he? Play, does he? He's Nashville. He does play for Nashville. All right. I didn't even have to look that up. That's legit. All right. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Tiger is about to tee off. He tees off at so 11. We were obligated to talk about all the rest of that, all of that for 45 minutes. Yeah. We could have just been talking about this. This is all that really matters today. Exactly. All right, let's do it's it. It's Tiger. Yeah, because we've saved the best for left. He tees, he tees off in 11 minutes. He tees off at 11.04. You can watch it on our feature group, uh, cbssports.com slash masters live. He's playing with Hao Tung Lee and John Rom. You were asking yesterday, John Rom's a bomber. He's a guy that looks ready to break out. He's one of the, he's kind of a hothead, which I kind of like because you see him lose it sometimes. Right. Like we all do. Right, right. Of course, wears his emotions on his sleeve. It's a good matchup for him, good lineup with him. Four-time master champ, uh, tied for second all-time with Arnold Palmer. How you feeling? Uh, I'm nervous. Minutes. I'm nervous. Do you think he's nervous? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. How nervous? Just regular butterflies before you tee off on the first. Uh, regular but major do you nervous. Teed off. Do you think he's nervous when he's playing at Sawgrass? Yeah, I, I think there's an element, I think there's an element of nerves that probably everybody has going into a game. Now that doesn't mean you're just overall nervous. It means once you get going, you know, you're fine. But I I think I don't have those nerves and something's wrong with you. Right. Right. And I I think he's probably, but he's even talked about throughout this comeback early in the comeback. He talked about managing his nerves, his emotion, how it affects your energy level, your swing tempo. Mm -hmm. That's a unique thing about golf is it's very tempo driven. You know, you have the slightest bit that's just a little fraction off because you have so much amped up energy. Right. You have to control that. So I think that's probably his biggest challenge early is to control those emotions, to stay within himself. Um, you know, I asked LaCava, his caddy, like, do you do anything to try to loosen him up? Right. You know, like, what's the, what's the mindset? Do you leave him alone? Do you try to loosen him up? And he was like, yeah, he's like, sometimes we'll just be talking about sports. Like, I'll ask him something totally off the topic just to get him out of, oh my gosh, I gotta hit this drive straight. You right. know, I have to hit this fairway to try to loosen him up a little bit. So that would be my strategy. Like, that was, I held a kick for a national championship. 
uh, at Florida State. Our kicker, uh, we had a history of wide rights. We had sure. two wide right, one right right. Don't three. I know it. My thing with the kicker as a holder, like I was paranoid. I just had the laces out. But I wanted him to be as relaxed as possible. So I made a joke with him. I'm like, hey, when you make this, um, you better jump in my arms because I want to get in the picture. Right. Like, and right, it was right, kind of right, like right. Yeah, it was sure. a positive image. Mm-hmm. But he laughed. And then it was like, oh, and then he did. So we did get that picture. Well done. Everywhere. But like, that was my mentality. Like, I think there's too much stress. You need to let it out a little bit. Like, sometimes it's like, they're just grabbing the steering wheel, like, and you yeah. just want to loosen up a little bit. A, a caddy especially, and you do it, I, I've never really caddied, but I imagine you're more therapist than you are totally. club selection and reading putts. Now, there's some of that that goes into it, right? But you really got to know the person that you're holding the bag for and know what they need in terms of emotionally throughout a round, especially at the major. You know, Tigers played there so many times. Well, what can Joe LaCava really tell them about? You know what club he needs to hit in yeah. there. You know what I mean, or or, or the way this putt's going to break. It's really about uh, uh, keeping him loose and keeping him keeping him where he needs to be in the right headspace to be contending for those.